You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL on Twitter. Wide receiver, we do have a little bit of news to get into, but... We talk wide receivers. We've been teasing this for a while, Matt, and it's going to be super fun. We're drafting wide receivers in the NFL, sort of through a dynasty lens, but not necessarily for fantasy purposes, just for rest of career. Which wide receivers would we take? We know who the best ones are currently, easier to rank, but would you take a rookie wide receiver over a top wide receiver right now in their 30s? So we're going to go through NFL wide receivers and do that draft, and who knows? Maybe we'll just continue this on for a week because we could do 50 or 100 receivers. There's so many in the NFL. (laughs) excited about it yeah that's probably our second and third segment we got a few things to address here you know around the league most notably for me on a personal level it just came just broke like an hour before we hit record here that the Steelers are not going away to St. Vincent's in Latrobe they're going to do it from Heinz Field and boo you know that makes me sad because it's a really fun situation two years in a row without a camp experience for for myself makes me sad so Oh, well, but rest of the news around the league COVID wise seems to be pretty good. COVID news is generally much kinder right now than it was last June. Every time we get a new bit of news. So that's that's fantastic. And yeah, you know, when NFL teams go camping, fewer and fewer teams are doing that because all of their new facilities are so nice and everyone's just practicing right there at their spot. But man, uh, that, that was fun for fans and, you know, to get away oh, okay. a little bit and some fans that travel in two cities to watch their team play might get a chance to go see these teams a little bit more up close and a little bit more personal and you know sort of like spring training how that happens in Arizona Um, and it's so fun for fans to get a chance to have uh, a little bit of a more intimate look at their team and the 49ers haven't done their thing in a while they used to go to Central California Sacramento area Roseville uh, Stockton to do their camps and now they're doing it all right there at the facility in Santa Clara it was a lot more fun when teams go away for training camp Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a big project. You got to take a weight room, you know, two hours up the road or further for some teams. Um, But boy, it's been a it was a blast. And uh, it sounds like it'll come back next year. But a lot of interaction with the fans at the fields, as well as in the watering holes at night, sleeping in an old school dorm on a plastic mattress. You know, I mean, (laughs) it wasn't all glory. (laughs) Yeah. And you could see why teams would want to keep it in house, especially if they have the facilities for it. And a lot of it was just because, you know, the stadiums were in use. There might be a baseball team playing in their stadium, but they'd be playing in the football games, and now teams don't have to worry about that as much. Here's a a big bit of news, Matt, and for me, it's hard to say whether this is good or bad. I mean, the league, you know, nice little cash grab for the NFL, as they like to do, but now it looks like the combine is going to be caught up in that process, and Indianapolis is where it's been for going on 35 years now, and this scoop from uh, Mickey Shuey here, and... He says the NFL is opening the NFL Combine to a bidding process starting with the 2023 event. It'll be the 35th year anniversary in Indianapolis, and then at some point it might be going to other cities. You have been to the Combine numerous times. What are your thoughts on the Combine potentially leaving Indy? It's almost as crappy for me as Steelers not going to St. Vincent's. I mean, these are some (laughs) of the best events for me that are drivable, and spent a lot of time in hotels or dorms and out at the bars and seeing people from all over the country. Um, if it's not close to Pittsburgh, I don't know if, if we'll broadcast from there or, 
you know, you have to take all your broadcast equipment. Do we hop in a plane if it's in LA? But my my thoughts aside, I think it's unfortunate to be very honest with you. I mean, the the reason it's in Indy, and this goes back, you know, many years, is if you look on a map, a very high percentage of NFL teams can drive there. It's very centrally located. It's an easy drive. It's a very flat area of the country. So when you get to Indy, you know, I mentioned it's flat. Everything's very walkable. They do a great job of having like a system where you don't have to go outside because sometimes it's really nasty, cold, windy that time of year. Sometimes it's beautiful. Um, It's a really good convention town. They have a massive convention center and everything, like I said, is all one-stop shopping. I'm going to have a hard time believing that any other city will do it as well. I mean, and we've all just gotten to such a routine when we go there. We, you know what restaurants everyone's going to be at. Everyone stays the same place year after year. Ah, all this changed. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, and you know the NFL loves being able to get a little bit more money in, in this whole thing, especially after a COVID year. So maybe that's one of the new things that's going to happen because of COVID with the team trying to recoup some cash that they lost in the 2020 season. I could see a, a place like Las Vegas, you know, just, you know, February in Las Vegas, weather would be a little bit nicer, maybe, you know, Miami or something like that. I could see those, you know, similar to where they, they've hosted a lot of Super Bowls in a lot of places uh, in February it could be. Uh, you know, maybe even New Orleans. Who knows? That'd be an interesting one for the combine. But it would be really weird for I the combine. I guess I could have fun in those towns. Yeah, though. you could you could find a way. Like <laughs> you know, some of those, t- like Las Vegas, isn't you know it's got the infrastructure for you know conventions and a lot Convention, of space yeah. there, and very easy for a lot of people to fly in and out. So I could see that being one. You know, maybe even L.A. Although it's harder to get around once you're in L.A. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff there. Uh, be, it'd be easier for me to get there if it was on the West Coast, that's for sure. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously it's not a big deal. You can get a flight to Indianapolis. And in uh, and, and Indy would be hurt the most in all this, right? The, the town, time. because they, they love that. It's a huge event for them every year. It is. I mean, it amazes me when I'm there. There's always some huge convention when we get there that's just packing up and then another huge one that comes in after we leave. And I don't know the infrastructure of Indianapolis, but more than that, but it sounds like they have a ton of things going on, but that town is absolutely buzzing. And like I said, everyone kind of stays in just a handful of hotels. They're all walkable to each other. You pass Andy Reid on the road. You know what I mean? Like everybody's going the same places and taking the same routes. Yeah. That's really cool that it's, able to have that many people and have an event like that, but stay compact and stay in a small it area. Is, right. That's How about this one really quick before we get to wide receivers? Jaguars passing game coordinator Brian Schottenheimer said that the team hasn't named a starting quarterback yet. Quote, it's still too early to say how this thing's going to play out when he was asked about his rookie number mm-hmm. one overall draft pick, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence not being the day one starter for the Jags. I mean, I think we'll all chuckle about it, but you know, and we're all laughing underneath our breath on that one. Like, Oh, sure. But I'm thinking one year ago, 365 days ago, was Joe Burrow, the slam dunk starter. I think he was, I mean, we all knew he was, but did they announce it? And there's been some weird things out of Jacksonville since urban Meyer's taken over. I mean, I thought the same thing one year ago when Joe judge took over in New York for the giants, like, this is kind of an odd fella, and there's a lot of odd little things coming out of there. But that's probably because these new coaches are under a little more of a microscope. But 
I think Trevor Lawrence is going to start on opening day. Yeah, and <laughs> it's with Trevor Lawrence, it's just one of those things where, like, there's another way he could have said it that would have made more sense because he's insulting people's yeah. intelligence, and we all know how that's going to go there for him, and it's a really bad sign if Trevor Lawrence isn't ready to be the, the, the week one starter there for the Jaguars. And yeah, I've talked about how, eh, you know, college transition coaches, some retread GM, Trent Balky retread, um, the coordinators there. I mean, I don't love the staff they've put together there. And this is sort of one of those examples where it's like, you know, I hope they don't ruin Trevor Lawrence. Not that it's that far. So, you know, um, I, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen. But I do have some worries, but it's just like, come on, we, we, and and I know because nobody's naming their starter. I mean, none of these right. teams with rookie quarterbacks like is like. And, yeah. right. But we all know how some of these things are going to go, and so some of it's coach speak. But you could be better at speaking as a coach than saying, "Oh, you know, too early to tell." But it's like, come on, you should be hyping up your number one overall draft pick, and then saying, "Hey, we're not going to name a starter because it'd be too soon to that." Let's let this play out. But obviously, we're so excited about Trevor Lawrence. I mean, there, there's other ways you could say it other than, "Oh, it's too too early to tell." It's like, gosh dang, if if you're not just enamored by Trevor Lawrence, then that's a bad sign, probably right now. Yeah, I mean, if it would come out as boy, are we excited about Trevor Lawrence and we fully expect him to take the job, but nothing's going to be handed to anybody in this team. He's going to have to earn it, and we fully expect him to do that. Nobody would bat an eye. Yeah, But, I but now you say it this way, every press conference going forward, someone's going to say, so is Trevor Lawrence a starter yet? Yeah. You know? When are you going to name the starter? When are you going to name the starter? Yeah. Right. Um, and, or or why is he not named the starter? Is there something wrong? Is he do, yeah, is What's he, he doing wrong? Bad? Yeah. Bust. But anyway, it was funny because we had some notes last week about training camp and some of the other rookie quarterbacks, and we sort of, you know, just didn't pay any attention to anything happening with the first two picks in the draft because it was so obvious that Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson were going to be the starters in New York and Jacksonville, respectively. And then right after that episode, I saw this quote, and I was like, oh, I guess we got to talk about the number one pick <laughs> and whether or not he's going to be the, the starter. But I, I did, yeah, obviously we know how that's going to go. Of course, at least Jacksonville has Minshew, who I think is a pretty good NFL player and will last. The Jets court, I think we've talked about this, the Jets quarterback room, no one has thrown an NFL pass and that that's a Jets quarterback right now. I mean, like, that's amazing. Come on. That's amazing. I mean, we have talked about that, but I mean, that's, that's a little faulty construction by my, my opinion. That's faulty. A little lack of, uh, first, a lack of leadership, lack of experience, experience in there to help yeah. a young quarterback out and a lack of competition, at least, you know, like some of these yeah. other teams are faking competition. They're not even faking it in New York. Yeah. Give me a guy. At least I can fall back on wide receivers, Matt. Let's get into this wide receiver draft. Uh, I'm interested to see okay. how you like these young guys and how we rank them out. Rest of career wide receivers coming up. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your sports action baseball season full swing there's something there all season long all summer long to bet on but we've got nhl and nba playoffs happening those are always super fun to bet on as the summer gets started ufc mma action we've got golf tournaments we've got horse racing there's no end to things you can bet on at betonline.ag. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop, mobile device, check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Reality TV, award shows, you name it. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game as teams are in their playoff runs head to the website or use your mobile device sign up today betonline.ag to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit 
Use promo code Locked On. That's promo code Locked On for fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Matt, I had the first pick in our fantasy mock draft, so I'm going to let you pick first here in this wide receiver draft. And again, this is rest of career. We're drafting these wide receivers not for year one. We're building a franchise around these wide receivers. How do we like these guys going forward? We've had a lot of talks about this when we were doing our fantasy draft about where we would pick these players going forward if it wasn't a one-year situation. So Matt, you're up with the number one pick. Which wide receiver do you like in the NFL from now until the end of their careers? Real quick, uh, these are going to be my parameters, which I think are exactly the way you, you pretty much laid it out. It doesn't matter what team they're on now. I don't care what their contract is. I don't have to get them under the cap. Uh, it is not a fantasy or dynasty draft. Obviously, their production going forward is important, but just because someone scores a lot of touchdowns doesn't mean I'm taking them over the next guy. You know what I mean? Like, right. You're trying it's not to win fantasy games. points. Absolutely. What's that? Yeah, you're yeah. trying to win so foot, Ill, real football NFL football games. So with the first overall pick, I'm taking A.J. Brown. Um, There's some really good candidates. He's only 23 years old. Uh, I think he's a budding star. The Julio factor doesn't matter for this, but I do think Julio's influence on him will only help him as an overall player. It might hurt his fantasy numbers, but I don't care about that right now. So I'm building my team around that stud. I like it. I love it. A.J. Brown. And I was wondering if you're going to go there with the first pick because that's the player I thought of and made me think of this because you talked about that when you drafted him in our uh, fantasy mock draft that he might be the guy you would pick going forward of any wide receiver in the NFL, even over his teammate now in Julio Jones, who's been that guy for a long time in the NFL. Yeah, Oh, yeah, without question. And I will preface this by saying receivers fade away much slower than, say, running backs, but Youth is going to be very important to me. I mean, if I can get five more years of A.J. Brown than I can out of DeAndre Hopkins, that's really important to me. Right, yeah. And actually, looking at this, I was surprised how young some of the veteran wide receivers were I know. around the I know. NFL, still in their 20s. Guys that have been around, I was like, oh, this guy must be 32 years old. And I'm like, oh, was this 27? Going into his 20, age 28 season? Wow, okay. So some of the older guys I might have higher in my list than I thought when I was starting to research this very proven some of them too you know unlike the young guys you're up i i almost have to go justin jefferson here because of the youth because of what we saw with him as a rookie just an unbelievable showing as a rookie jumping out in front of uh, an established veteran like he did for the minnesota vikings and can win at all three levels of the field and just the, the confidence he came into the league with and he's got a little bit of length to him he's got speed um, he obviously can get open and catch the football. I, I was blown away by how well he played as a rookie, and if he stays on that trajectory, then look out. So uh, Justin Jefferson is my first pick here, the second overall in our wide receiver draft. I like it. I like it a lot. I mean, I'm not going to say I missed on him, but I thought he was a slot coming out of LSU, and Minnesota agreed. It took him a couple of you know, games until they start putting him outside and being a featured player in two receiver sets with Thielen. And, of course, he crushed that challenge in his does it all. I got no problem with that one. Um, if you wouldn't have gone that direction, I would have been really torn between Jefferson and DK Metcalf. You made it easy for me. I'm taking Metcalf, uh, another old Miss guy. And, I mean, and he, I, the whole three-cone thing still sort of applies. I mean, he doesn't explode out of his breaks and break down. But you can see there's so many other uses for him. 
slants. I mean, and they're not just go routes after the catch. He works extremely hard. Obviously there's nobody that looks like him in the league. Also only 23 years old. That was my decision. It was Justin Jefferson or DK Metcalf there. And uh, okay. DK Metcalf has been my guy for, from day one. I, I was, I was blown away at the draft process and I thought it must be the neck that the reason people don't like mm-hmm. this guy, because I know the three cone was bad, but what can you do? Not what you can't do when it comes to some prospects in the draft. And when I saw him, I was like, this is, this is a top 10 draft pick. Like, I don't know why he's going in the second round. I don't know why he's getting drafted behind guys like, uh, our Sega white side pick of the and second round. Right. It's in, and they, and uh, the, the Seahawks had to trade up to get him there at the, at the end of the second round. He almost ended up at the top of the third round. And this guy, yeah. I can't imagine an evaluator looking at him neck injury aside and saying, yeah, you know, I don't want one of those. I mean, that blows me away. And with how many wide receivers went in front of him. So DK Metcalf's been my guy. And I almost, because of that, wanted to put him in the top slot. But what I saw with just Justin Jefferson last year, you know, he's a year younger. So that was sort of the tiebreaker for me, but it was hard for me to pass on DK that high. And I would not even argue with DK number one. Yeah, me neither. I, I I kind of feel fortunate that I got two of the top three and I'd have been happy with any of them. I think there's a little bit of a line here. I think it gets a little harder. And I think I've said this before that if my 14-year-old is pretty knowledgeable 14-year-old, I would imagine, for, about football, and all the receivers in that DK draft were on the parking lot playing, you know, pickup football. Every yeah. one of them would have taken DK Metcalf first of the group. And <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Sometimes guy, it's that easy. The guy you don't want to line up against, and you're not going to put him right. in the slot and have him run whip routes in something maybe Justin Jefferson can do or a lot of these other guys can do. But he dominates the routes he's best at. He dominates right. slants. He dominates go routes, dig routes. They're like every level of the field. He's got a route that he dominates on. So this guy's a beast, and he can get better. He's still only 23 years old, really young, a redshirt sophomore coming out. And he's like a world class sprinter. Yeah, he just he just <laughs> oh, by the way, gets, you know, he, the, and like he he lost his heat, but he was right in there with some of those uh, Olympic trial sprinters. And right, then in the right. other heat, he actually beat some guys time wise from a different heat. He wasn't in the same heat with some of those guys. So uh, and just for him to be able to do that in a short amount of time and jump out, that, I mean, fantastic. The the work ethic. I love DK Metcalf. I love everything about. Him. Yeah, you're up. It's a tough choice here. I think. This is a really tough choice for me, and again, this is where we're in that zone of, man, Devontae Adams is only 28 years old, yeah, and there's some really good young wide receivers, and it's hard for me to pass on some of those guys, but I think there's a lot of football left for someone like Devontae Adams. I think he could age very gracefully, and we could still be talking about him in, you know, 10 years from now. Duke can get open and catch the football, His the way he tracks the football, his, his ball skills, things like that. Uh, there's a lot of these receivers that I didn't realize were so young that were still in their 20s. Like, I thought I thought I was going to look it up, and he was 32 years old, and he's only yeah, 28. So uh, I'm actually going to go Devontae Adams here. So I've got some love for the older it's it's an, I hate that I'm calling someone who's 28 an older player in the NFL, but some of the older <laughs> yeah. wide receivers in the league are going to get some love on this list. I can't argue that either. I thought he was the best wide receiver in the league last year, and it wasn't just because of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, there was not much help in terms of other weapons. An elite route runner in the height of his powers right now. My only reservation, if I would have been on the clock with Adams, is I don't think he's as special athletically which in a way is a compliment because I think he's going to fade away slow where I'm taking Tyreek Hill here, who's a a year younger than Adams. And what if Hill has a bad lower body injury? You know, he's not just speed, but obviously that's his calling card, his trump card. You know, Adams, I think, could overcome, 
you know, losing a step, so to speak, in a Larry Fitzgerald type of way, where I don't know if Tyree can, but I did wide receiver ranks this offseason for, you know, is an article, and Hill was my number one. He's only 27. Again, I think he's more than the product of a great environment, much like Adams, too. Yep, uh, and Hill was another guy that I was surprised. I was like, wow, he's only 27. It feels like he's been on yeah. the radar forever. And he was he lost the tiebreaker to Adams basically for that exact reason because speed okay. yeah. just the, the flat out hold up. yeah explosive speed quicks element is the thing that's gonna fade faster than the routes, the hands, the ball skills that Devontae Adams has. So he's a one year younger, but I think that arc is is gonna cave faster than someone like Adams' skill set. Okay. Yeah. And we're on the same wavelength here. But again, these are tough. There's some really, really good players out there. Absolutely. Next pick for me, again, was another tough one versus some of these other um, veteran wide receivers in the NFL. But I'm going C.D. Lamb here. I really loved what I saw from him from his rookie season. Uh, I think for a lot of the same reasons, Devontae Adams is going to be good for a long time. I think C.D. Lamb, six years younger, is going to, we're going to be talking about him when uh, you and I are in our 50s. You know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. C.D. Lamb is such a good player uh ball skills routes to, like the swagger just the way he the way Jefferson and CeeDee Lamb came into the league as rookies with that offseason and they're like yep I belong here I'm getting open I'm making this catch this ball in the air is my ball I love that mentality from CeeDee Lamb his his body control the way he can uh, go get the ball and he doesn't have the top speed of some of the other receivers in the NFL but I think we know how overrated that is yeah, And I think he could be as good or even better than someone like DeAndre Hopkins, who might also get drafted in the same area. So C.D. Lamb for me here. Yeah, I was going about to bring up Hopkins as a comparison, as a lot of people did when Lamb was coming out of Oklahoma. He's seven years younger than Hopkins. <laughs> I mean, he's 22 years old. Crazy. He's just scratching the surface. I, I have no problem with that pick. I had planned on going young, 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 and this guy's 27. He's not exactly old. But I was shocked Stefan Diggs is only 27. Mm -hmm. And much like the Adams conversation, if Adams wasn't the best receiver in the league last year, I think it was Diggs. You know, he had the most targets, even didn't play a game. I think he could potentially fade away slow as well, elite route runner. I thought he was 29. He's 27. It's amazing. It's amazing how young some of these receivers are. It just it completely blows my mind. Uh, let's yeah. see here. We've got... So to run through the first seven picks, A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, D.K. Metcalf, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, C.D. Lamb, Stephon Diggs. This pod is definitely going to go into uh, tomorrow, Maybe tomorrow probably. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, there's so many wide receivers we get into and, and too many that are worth talking about here. So uh, we'll definitely continue on here. Next pick eight is up for me. We'll probably get through about 15 receivers on today's show and then maybe do another 15 or so. You know, Top 30, I think, would be perfect to go cool. through here yeah, with like uh, the rest of career NFL wide receiver draft. We'll finish up day one of the draft next. Starting to realize that there's no bad time to enjoy a built bar. It's how I started my day today. Did not have a lot of time before I had to hit record and get working. If you are low on time, you want a healthy snack. You need to replace a quick meal maybe. You can't do much better than a low sugar, low calorie high-protein, high-fiber snack that tastes awesome. And to make it even tastier, I'll tell you how you can get 15% off your next box of Built Bars. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious folks out there, uh, lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and even great for a keto diet. 
That peanut butter flavor, 19 grams of protein, only 180 calories and 5 grams of sugar. Cookies and cream, 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar. So go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. All right, I think there's a little bit of a line here. It starts to get a little bit more difficult, and there are veterans, there are really young players, second-year guys, even some rookies could start to enter the conversation here if we're drafting rest-of-career wide receivers and even some older players that, um, that are fantastic talents around the NFL that, that deserve to be in this mix because, look, someone who's 30 years old, if they're a Hall of Fame caliber player, they might play for eight, nine more years. And some of these young guys, their True. careers are going to get derailed and go certain directions. So we can't forget about uh, some of the older receivers in the league. But I am going to stay young here with this next pick. And uh, you know what? Nope, I take it back. I'm, I was, it's, he's young. He's been around already, but he's still pretty young. How about Calvin Ridley, 26 years old, okay. with this selection okay. here? I almost skipped over Calvin Ridley completely, so that was, uh, was going to be bad on me. if I, That would have been a bad drafter on my part if I missed that one. Calvin Ridley is going to be the eighth overall selection. I'm not going to give you a hard time for that one, but he'd have been three picks probably lower on my list. And here's my negatives on him are – He's already 26, which is a little older than people in his draft class. It's not a, that big a deal. He's only 26. But it amazes me he's only a year younger than Diggs, you know, considering their body of works. I absolutely think he's very well equipped to be a number one receiver. But I also don't think he has elite traits. You know, I mean, his best, he's a route runner. He's a fadeaway slow guy like Adams. But I don't think he blows you away on the hoof, running in a straight line, you know, so... That worries me a little when we're talking about elite receivers. But, I mean, I'm nitpicking. I mean, he's a great player. He's already been productive. He's proven, you know. I mean, so I like it. No, that's a good point, though. He doesn't have that one while... For some reason, this offseason, all football analysts are talking about players' superpower. Yeah, It's like, okay, it's pretty easy to see what a lot of superpowers are for a lot of these receivers with Calvin Ridley... It's less easy. It's like, what's his superpower? Right, and his superpower right. is kind of he's good at stunt everything. Size, stunt speed, it's kind of just across the board, rock solid, and you know he's just good. But he doesn't have that height, weight, speed, after catch, physicality. There's not one thing that really jumps out. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I think my pick here is going to be the first one where people write, raise an eyebrow and go, "I didn't see that one coming." Terry McLaurin, Washington. Not a I problem at all. Guy. He he okay. was he was right there on my list. Yeah, no, Go, I wow, impressive. Yes, only twenty five. His supporting cast has not exactly been ideal, and he does everything well. I, I often think about him because when he came out of school, that same awesome receiver draft class, the his calling card was elite special teamer. Then he goes to the combine and blows it up, and he plays like somebody that re, that performs really well at a combine with the toughness of a great special teamer. I love this guy. Only 25 years old. I thought I'd be early on him, but I guess not. The competitive toughness is so important at the wide receiver position, and he's got that top speed to go with it. I like Terry McLaurin a lot. I think a better quarterback situation, and a lot more people will be talking a lot more about Terry McLaurin right now. Yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, sneaking into the top 10. So the 10th selection here in our rest-of-career wide receiver 
draft. This gets difficult because there's some really good young receivers that I want to draft here. Uh, there's some receivers that are still in their 20s, playing at a high level, that deserve some propers for uh, where they're at in their career and where they could still continue to play, continue to go. <sighs> oh, this one's so hard for me. We're in a tier right now for sure. And so how, what busts this tier for me? Is it going to be youth? Is it going to be production so far? You know what? Talk, talking about competitive toughness. Michael Thomas. Good one. I'm going to go Michael Thomas. I think Thomas this is like here. the lowest his stock will ever be in his career. Yeah, he was very boy. Um, right. he, he's been around a little while already. 28 years old. Same age as Devontae Adams, even though I think he was drafted, what, two years later? Yeah, but his first like three or four years in the league were like the most productive in history. <laughs> right, yeah. He would have been I mean, a top forget about three that. pick. Let's say a year ago. If we did this two years ago, even one year ago, it would have been top five pick, top three pick. Right. Maybe uh, one. Right. Like in the dynasty community, one year ago, he was the number one receiver. Right, exactly. So yeah. um, this is, yeah, you're right. This might be the lowest he ever is. And dealt with some injuries. And so Michael Thomas, uh, I mean, he's just too, he's just too good on, his superpower is not downfield stuff. It's uh, nearer to the line of scrimmage, getting open, catching the football. How about uh, Michael Irvinish for Michael Thomas? Is that a good comment? Yeah, toughness. Yeah. Contested catch, not the fastest, physical. Yeah, yeah. Much more than just Slant Guy or whatever. Yeah, slant Boy, yeah. He's more than just Slant Boy, although that is oh, a man. hilarious nickname. I do like that. That is kind of funny. <laughs> All right. Uh, that is the top 10. Pick 11, Matt. Okay. This might blow people away, but this guy is a year younger than Thomas. 27-year-old Mike Evans. I think Mike Evans, if you just go to ESPN.com or NFL.com and pull up his player card, and realize he's only 27 with the amount of yards and catches and touchdowns he's produced already. That is a Hall of Fame career that might not even be half over. I mean, even in a world when everybody catches a ton of balls and the Hall of Fame credentials for receivers has changed, he came into the league unusually young. He was a redshirt sophomore, 20 years old when he came into the league. Yes, and... Um, he's got uh, again very similar to Michael Thomas in the way that physical six five yeah but a six five version right yeah just a beast of a guy like one of those and and we talked a little bit about it with DK Metcalf one of those guys where you're like yeah you know what I, I don't love him. lining up in front of this guy which wide receiver is on the other side can I line up against the guy on the other side even if he's fast yeah. I, like, this size is intimidating right now. I mean, he made Manziel a better player at AM. He made Winston a better player with the Bucs. Um, you know, he, he's a little lost, not lost, but overshadowed by so much depth and all the, the glory that Brady brings. But he's a superstar. He made Manziel's career. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, you could argue that. Yeah. Uh, Although he's a first round pick without Evans. It is pretty amazing. How about his teammate, Chris Godwin, going right after him? Younger than I thought, too. 25 years old for Chris Godwin. That blows me away. That dude is going to get paid in 2022 with a little bit of a, a fixed salary cap situation for teams. He's got size. He's got speed. His ability to shine with all that talent on that Tampa Bay Buccaneers offense. Love me some Chris Godwin. So I'm going to draft him with the 12th pick here. No, I, I see that. And a, a year ago, I would have taken him over Ridley. And Godwin was another one, kind of like Thomas, battled a lot of injuries. Also in the Evans mold, got overshadowed by so much talent around him. He wasn't a featured guy. Uh, I have, you know, a year ago on this list, he may have been a top three pick too. You know what I mean? I mean, he, his stock had no reason to drop, and you're getting him in a bargain basement price, in my opinion. 
absolutely. Yep. Again, uh, my, the last two picks, I think Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin are guys who will probably be maybe even higher on this list next year, even though they're a year older. Yeah. Yeah. My up. Are we, you are, are we up. Here? Yeah. Pick 13. Okay. Jamar Chase. I mean, Ooh. it's hard to take a Jamar Chase over Amari Cooper, Allen Robinson, let alone DeAndre Hopkins, that I know are great players and are not slowing down. But Chase is 21. If I get 10 years out of this guy who dominated Bama in the SEC as a 19-year-old, I'm on board of that. It's a gutsy selection. It is a gutsy selection. Some risk there for you, some risk there for Cincy to draft him as high as they did, but obviously he blew up. Uh, with Joe Burrow. Now he gets to continue to catch passes from Joe Burrow. So a connection there, all the physical talent in the world. So we'll see how that turns out. But a guy who's not played a down yet in your top 15 at rest of career picks. Uh, I like that. It's ballsy. It's ballsy. So he was what? The fourth pick in the draft. And this isn't apples to apples because there's contracts and not every team's the same. Fifth pick. But if Tampa would have said, we'll give you Mike Evans for the fourth pick in the draft, I don't think since he would have said yes. Yes, correct. And obviously there's you know cap I mean? ramifications there's other factors, there too, but, but yeah. I, I think you're right. Yeah, I, I don't think since he, and I don't, th- yeah, and Tampa could have really used the cap situation too. So yeah, Tampa would have right. definitely done that since he would have definitely not done that trade. So that's right, a good point. Right, There are different stages. I mean, right. one was the worst organization in the league and one's Super Bowl champs. But even, I just took Evans around earlier. That's why I brought that up. You know, like Chase has a lot of value in NFL eyes. Another tough spot for me here with the 14th pick. We'll finish this up with the top 15 today and dive into maybe 15 more on tomorrow's show. Maybe a homer pick. Is this too early for Niners first rounder from last year, Brandon Ayuk? He would not have been my next pick, but I think as people have noticed, I have been salivating over him of late. I have been overpaying for him in Dynasty. I like him more in the real world than I even do for fantasy dynasty because I think he's, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be a huge volume guy for fantasy reasons. No, I don't think it's too early. He would not have been my pick, but he would have been, would not have lasted much longer. I can tell you that. Dynamic has an opportunity to just blow up in Kyle Shanahan's offense, whether it's with Jimmy Garoppolo or Trey Lance, whenever that happens in long term, you see a lot of Trey Lance and, and IU working out together this offseason. So that's the hope is that you hit on the quarterback long term. That could be an awesome connection for the 49ers and Brandon Ayuk still has some work to do, but really great rookie season, even though he's a little bit raw and so could be utilized at all levels of the field. Uh, he has got such explosive play speed. And I, I was actually a little bit low on Ayuk. I mean, I, I had Ayuk and Justin Jefferson as first round guys, so I wasn't super low on them, but I had mm-hmm. them, you know, I, I actually I had them in the spots that they were pretty much drafted, you know, late twenties. I had Ayuk, I think, thirtieth on my my board last year overall as a prospect, but both of them are looking like they could uh, blow those rankings away. So I get one more pick to wrap this. One thing more. Up? This is pick fifteen. Yes, DJ Moore. I just did an article on him recently. And I hadn't realized that his yards per catch really spiked last year. And the reason I bring that up is because when you watch the tape, I thought Teddy Bridgewater hurt his cause a great deal. There was a lot of times when he was open downfield and the ball didn't go his direction. And he still spiked a big way. Only 24. I mean, that is young. I mean, he's two years younger than Ridley from the same draft class. He's bigger than you think. I mean, I I went back into this article he was like 210 pounds in his combine. Like I think of him in more as an elusive, but he's physical. He's really good after the catch. All those things are yet to come. And he was awesome two years ago. 
his best football is still ahead of him, and he's yeah, already yeah. played some Great really athlete. good football in the NFL. So you're definitely buying stock here in DJ Moore, and depending on how Carolina's quarterback situation goes, he's there, there's more there for him. And, yeah, just explosive athlete with uh, his physicality size, the way he can run after the catch, uh, like that pick a lot. Yep, no problem with him in the top 15 at all. All right, let's do it again tomorrow. This is fun. Yeah, this is really harder. Fun. Yeah, we'll, we'll go 16 through 30. So we'll 30, do 15 yeah. more tomorrow. We'll have a top 30 wide receivers from now until the end of their careers. Still some really good veterans and some really good young players to draft and a couple of guys that it was hard for me to pass on the last couple picks uh, that are still up there on the board for me to select. We'll do that tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.